Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to the Colton Collective Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Dave AC and the Sixth Doctor. Good Wednesday evening to you all. Or... Thursday morning. Speaking of Thursday morning, it's Dave AC. Hello, Dave. <laughs> well, I'm a Thursday morning. Thursday, Thursday morning. morning. Yeah. Oh, thanks for having a drink. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Thursday work, this podcasting. I'm drinking um, oh, yes. a Wolf Blast Australian, uh, South Australian yellow label Shiraz. Snap. I'm drinking an Oak Leaf, which I believe is uh, a Californian. It does yes, Californian. It's a Californian Shiraz. Woohoo! So we're both on the Shiraz. <laughs> Somebody who's probably and, not on the what? What? I was going to say he's, he's probably on the me. he's he's probably on the Shir, but he's young, you know. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of speaking of young, it's young Mike Randolph. Hello, sir. Hello, hello, Ian. Hello, Dave. How are yeah. you? Fine. I just realised. Um, I hope the word sherbet means the same in America as it does in the UK. It's a, a young sweet that kids you get a stick of licorice and uh, this like powdered sherbet it's called, and uh, the the licorice is like a hollow tube and you suck the sherbet up through it. So mm. it is uh, nothing um, illegal of sorts. Right. I don't know. Isn't there a a frozen confection of that name here, Mike? Lemon yeah, sherbet. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only sherbet they have here. Uh, right al- alongside the ice cream. Mm. Ooh, I mean, it's, ice cream yeah. cup. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, I mean, uh, I think the thing Liam's got is, um, you know, where you put the, the, the sucker into the powder and lick yeah. it off. Um, but yeah, I, that was, that would be the thing to, <laughs> to get on the way home. You, um, uh, if you had lunch money and you had a little bit of change left over, like you know, because I wouldn't tell my mum that 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 you know, I tell my mum that the the pie that I got for lunch was you know a dollar and ten cents, and I'd have ten cents left, and I could get two sherbet dabs on the way home because they were five cents each. It's two sherbet dabs. That's good stuff right there. <laughs> and because we walked home, not like kids today, you would uh, you'd have plenty of time to wolf down your sherbet dab. Yeah. Anyway, and in those days, if you got home and your mum said, "What's that white powder under your nose?" It was quite innocent. Yes, it was. <laughs> You've been at the sherbet dab again, haven't you? 
Yeah. <laughs> yes, we were high on sugar in those days. Anyway, we're getting way, way off point. So, it's over to the typing monkey in the newsroom. Ooh, there he is. Sorry, he's on his third chair, but... Yeah, he's on his third chair, but now... <laughs> All right, we do have some news, and then we'll get to the crux of the matter as to why we're recording on a Wednesday. Dave, you have some news. Well, n n not really a lot of oh, news, just something... Just say yes, I do. Thank you very much. Well, uh, it's, KBO, it's me then. KBO. Um, just, uh, first of all, let me recommend to people who have not already found it a uh, UK site called Digital Spy, because there's always lots of little juicy little bits of tidbits about Doctor Who. Um, first of all, uh, one of the ones that uh, is on there, the story is uh, Moffat Restores Tardis Relic for Who. Stephen Moffat has upheld the Doctor Who tradition by changing back the door of the TARDIS. Now, this is something that Ian himself might just have a word with at the moment. Mm. Stephen wanted to stamp his own mark on the exterior as well as the interior, and he's a big fan of the Peter Cushing movie version, so he re-added the logo. And, of course, that is the St. John's Ambulance badge. So we'll have a word about that in a moment. And the other one is that um, he's definitely said Moffat, promises scarier Doctor Who. Uh, he's promised that it will become much scarier. Episode 4's Weeping Angels and spoiler warnings of course uh, and Alex Kingston will be returning. I think it's one of the scariest things we've ever done. My little boy says it's the scariest thing he's ever seen in Doctor Who. Don't blink. I will re reserve comments until a little later as uh as things will become apparent uh, as we move into the main topic of the show. But before we move anywhere, late breaking news, Logan is here. Dave, uh -huh. would you please do the honors and unmute the, the, the kind gentleman? I certainly will. Hello, Mr. Logan, sir. Why, hello, gentlemen. I'm surprised to see you on a Wednesday night. Dave had or, a drink. Or you know. Thursday morning in some cases. Well, yeah. I was having, having withdrawal symptoms. Oh, wait, it's in the morning? It's in the morning! <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Never gets well, old. Never gets old, <laughs> unlike Dave. <laughs> I'm glad to be able to jump in this show here. Thank you well, very much. Actually, I thought I heard you arriving. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, but Dave, the problem is, and you know how... You know how uh, Type 40 TARDISes are. I meant to get here about 16 minutes earlier, but just couldn't do it. And you left the break on, too. <laughs> we'll get to button. that in a minute as well. Yep. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, uh, was that all your news, Dave? Yes, certainly was, yes. I think. <gasps> okay, over to our uh, American correspondent. <laughs> Mr. Randall Thorpe. Why, thank you. You're I welcome. have two articles here. First of all, uh, Fox announced today they are passing on an American version of Torchwood. Rumors were going around that Fox was going to pick up the new series of Torchwood for a 13-episode serialized run. That's no longer the case. Although, um, it's that's not the end for an Americanized uh, Doctor Who. It's it's still a possibility. There's st BBC is still looking for an American network to carry it. Uh, some people are now suggesting somewhere like Showtime or HBO for uh, a destination for Torchwood, but it's 
still in the process, just Fox has passed up on it. That's that. An, an article, something that I just came across maybe an hour ago, is that the new K9 series is coming to Channel 5 in the UK this autumn. Uh, the series, developed by Bob Baker and Paul Thames, is currently showing in the UK on Disney XD channel. It's coming to UK uh, Channel 5 in the UK later this year in, the, in August. And the last bit that I have here is that earlier today in Sheffield, for the official launch of the of episode one of Doctor Who: The Adventure Games, uh, the, at the Sheffield railway station was uh, a collection of Daleks. All the Dalek, basically five the, the five colors of the new Daleks from Victory of the Daleks appeared, and the eye yeah, the Daleks, were, <laughs> the uh, the eye Daleks, <laughs> <laughs> the eye Dalek Nano. <laughs> yep, they were all on hand to. It was basically the press launch of the, the episode one of the video game series that will basically accompany this new televised series of Doctor Who. And something I found funny was was that um, one of, there's this Doctor Who fan who created uh, Alan Clark who created his own customized Dalek called Dalek Storm. It's he described as a as a special weapons Dalek. And it was there for the event too. That 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 fan just decided to to show up with his own Dalek. Oh well, <laughs> and, I, I, and, oh. sorry, I I believe by the footage I saw earlier too that uh, he was up on because I think the actual event was up on a rooftop, wasn't it? Yeah, it was up on a roof. Right, and so they must have actually allowed him to bring it up there, which I think is rather cool. It is. Uh, yeah, and uh, um, go. Names escaping me now. The voice of the Daleks. Nick Briggs. Nick Briggs was on hand too to actually, uh, because it was an, a, an open to the public thing, and so there were kids up there and 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 parents and and adults passing by, and so he was watching basically what the Daleks were doing and and putting in little bits of uh, comment from each Dalek. So I thought that was rather neat. And yeah. Just to remind people that um, I've, I've actually seen Daleks. Storm. Richard Ashton is the bloke who built it. He brought okay. it to Hooverville and he takes it round to different ones. It's um, a, a, a really um, exciting looking um, robot. I put a link in the text chat for those who are here. Of course, people who catch the show later, they can use the text chat grabber and, and like that. But it's basically on my uh, Dave AC uh, photo book album and it's in the Hooverville, Hooverville folder. And, of course, Nick Briggs was there as well, but it's a very impressive-looking um, um, Dalek. Very oh, yeah, it's, it's nice and shiny, and it's got all sorts of mod cons, flashing bits and pieces, and, and uh, yeah. I've seen the pictures and some of the video, too, from uh, uh, from the event today and from uh, somewhere else. Uh, yeah, I've seen stuff of, of Dalek Storm, and it is rather nice. But, yes. So, yeah, that about wraps it up for news, apart from the fact that uh, on Sunday's show, uh, please pay, uh, pay careful attention to the flogging that Randall Thor will receive for announcing some This Week in Doctor Who information before ver our very own Benjamin Elliott got to. <laughs> yes, thrashing oh, that, to that's, a that's a show we need to record then, just to hear the screams of the flogging. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, it will be no. vlogged with an Inchibus TV guide. <laughs> I, I had a hor horrible image came into my head then from Daleks of Manhattan, where they have that chained uh, manlek. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, horrible <laughs> images, horrible images. Yes, yeah, yes. on Sunday at 2 p.m., 
Eastern Daylight Time, Talk Show ID 54821, we'll be doing about part one, vi- um, the uh, Time of the Angels. Time of the Angels. So, yeah. <laughs> Alrighty then, on to our main topic, which basically is three down, ten to go. We're looking at what has already aired and what we uh, can expect from the remainder of the series. Now, as kind of an introduction to this, I wanted to backtrack, if you guys don't mind. I'll take you back to the 26th of March, 2005, uh, where we had Rose, and then followed the next week by End of the World, and then The Unquiet Dead. So that kind of, that's where I kind of wanted to use as our jump-off point for where we're at right now uh, compared to where we were at when uh, the series came back. Plus, coupled with that, uh, the launch of a new Doctor in uh, April uh, of 2006 with New Earth, Tooth and Claw, School Reunion. I'm a little worried, frankly. (laughs) Yeah, just let me jump in there and and let's say to people that we will be spoiling them if they haven't seen the first three episodes. So if you're on the American schedule and have only seen the uh, the first episode, the eleventh hour. Then just realise that we will be making references to all of the first three stories. That's um, the eleventh hour, the beast below, and victory of the Daleks. Right, and maybe spoiler some, alert. Maybe even some spoilers from uh, from the previews for next week's story as well. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, that's what I get for not watching the chat. <laughs> <laughs> but I was looking at my notes, so. Um, yeah, so this, this, this is where my problem lies. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it from two points of view. I'm saying it's a whole new production uh, team. Uh, Stephen Moffat's now in charge. He's got a different way of doing things. We've been used to things for, you know, the same way for the past four seasons uh, or four series. And so it's going to take a little bit of getting used to. He's got a different way of telling the story, different way of developing the season itself series. But looking at it right now, I'm, I'm, I mean, looking at the, the, the list that's in front of me, is the, the list of Doctor Who episodes. At this point in, in Series 2, we would have just watched School Reunion, which was a, a, a marvelous story, uh, tugged at the heartstrings. It followed on from, you know, Tooth and Claw was before that. Great story. New Earth, not everybody's favorite, but an intro for a new Doctor. It was a good romp, um, had some good stuff in it, face of bow. Um, and it was a really good moment, I think, for, for David Tennant launching himself as the Doctor. Not that Matt Smith is doing a bad job. Fading in and out? Oh, you're back. You Where did I leave crack. Oh, you, you, didn't you fade, fell through you the crack. You, <laughs> you fell through the crack. What was the last thing I said, then? Well, it wasn't very interesting. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, you, you just said about um, we, we, we just had school reunion... Okay. Well, there's anything wrong with Matt Smith, um, because he's the one thing I do like about the, the, the new series. But I just don't think the stories have been that strong, especially when I look back at, at the work that's been done before. I mean, even uh, in series one, we had Rose, which is a good intro, End of the World, I thought was fabulous. Uh, there were some great moments in there, some great emotional moments. Uh, I brought up on the show on Sunday, Jabe, the tree lady, the plumber, what's her name? Raffaello just some emotional engagement in that and I don't think we've had that yet in this 
theory. But ju- ju- yeah. Just to to be devil's advocate with you there, oh, yeah. don't, for- yeah. don't forget, uh, with the David Tennant series, he actually came uh, back and regenerated in the Christmas special. So in actual fact, right. episode one, The New New Earth, wasn't his first episode. So right. um, after three episodes, he'd basically done four, if you know what I mean. Yeah, the, the reason why I kind of leave the Christmas invasion off of that is because there's very little of the Doctor in there. The Doctor's in there only for about the, the last ten minutes. If you want to look at it critically, you can really say that it's like, if you tack that ten minutes onto to New Earth, it brings it up to about 60 minutes, which is, you know, the same as what we got. Yeah. <laughs> See, there I am, going and defending myself. But, I mean, this, this is... I mean, we're we're fans here. I mean, I've heard people say that, well, if you don't like it, don't watch it. I do like it. It's Doctor Who. What's not to like? But it's just a little concerning. And I think part of the reason for me is that uh, the expectations that were splashed about by other members of fandom, oh, yes, and Moffat we trust. Uh, Moffat's going to be great. Oh, it's going to be dark. Oh, it's going to be wonderful. Fabulous things are afoot. And... uh, yeah, so far I've been less than impressed, uh, judging by the build-up it was given by, you know, other groups, uh, podcasts, uh, reviewers, people saying it. Oh, this is this is just terrific. You know, uh, I remember seeing a bunch of reviews on online about uh, about how wonderful this Dalek episode was. And if you've listened to Sunday Show, you'll know what I thought of it. So we don't need to cross that bridge again. <laughs> but that's where I stand up. To this point, so they... well, let me just yeah, just let me tell you. I mean, each yeah. season, as far as I understand it, has has had a, a, a different profile. We've had some series where you know, uh, and uh, I can't remember the number, but the one that had forty-two in it and so on. Um, season two was it? Or season three, three. three? Season three. Basically, the first half of the season to me didn't make much of an impact, and then we hit forty-two, and then from then on. It was zoom, 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 uh, brilliant episodes all the way along. Uh, uh, and we've had, uh, obviously, other series where we've had quite low points, um, you know, with scribbles and all sorts of things in them and uh, um, have not been to my taste. What I think has happened here, of course, is, first of all, we had uh, the double-edged sword of a completely clean slate in as much as that there was... You know, more was gotten rid of, but therefore they had more to build. And they've tried to build that, I think, fairly quickly and fairly successfully within, what, three episodes we've had now. We, yeah. we had um, the, the, the slap-bang home run hit of episode one, the um, 11th hour. And then you could argue that it, it dropped a notch from there. But, I mean, uh, 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 there were lots of concerns on quite a few podcasts that people thinking... You're rating this a five, and it's episode one. I mean, where do you go if this is a five? I mean, even Lewis was saying, you know, to Ken, I think, well, we'll we'll have to uh, we'll have to add another uh, a TARDIS groans. It can be out of six TARDIS groans because this was out of the ballpark straight from this start, and and really that has been quite unusual. Now I know this thing of them, the way the order they film them, I believe uh, the real test is actually going to come this Saturday when we have the first part of uh, this uh, Time of Angels, because from what I understand, and and Mike probably knows better than than me, that um, this was the actual first one that um, both David and um, Karen 
uh, filmed. This was their yeah. actual first outing in those parts. So, yeah. uh, if you rem- if you remember, Dave, the, the the all the newspapers, the pictures that they ran uh, were of uh, the Doctor and Amy and Riversong on a beach. That's right. Uh, yeah. And so this is they, those were the first pictures taken of the first basically the first block of filming uh, that was the first scenes filmed and so it's it's going to be interesting yeah you're right uh, I just want to take you up on a point though about series three and I'm going to play Darth skeptical here sorry Darth but it, it, it's it's something that you would do and and, and only and you I, could be so bold yeah and and I do appreciate it when you do so it's not I'm not poking fun it's uh, it's all good <coughs> you said series. Three started off slow, but it's Smith and Jones, The Shakespeare Code, and Gridlock. Oh, perhaps not. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, <laughs> yeah, and it hit a bit of a death bit with the Daleks in Manhattan and, and evolution of the Daleks and the yeah, yeah. experiment. It probably, all right, it, it dipped. Then let's put it right. Yeah. But Smith and Jones, I thought, was a, a very, very strong open. Very strong. Well done, actually. But yeah, so I just wanted to pull you up on that point because I was looking at it and I was like, you really well, yeah, like no. gridlock. <laughs> no, yeah, you did, I did. You, you've corrected. Um, and what it is is that uh, at my ancient age, I, I get the different series mixed up. But I do know that we have had series where, you know, the, there have been the odd trough within the series. This one started out so great that you were almost afraid to watch episode. Well, I was almost afraid to watch episode two and three because I thought, well, there's no way they're going to start at five and build up. I mean, you know, uh, and of course they did break the mold. We didn't go to the historic one, which at least helped the second story, which um, of the three we've had, I thought was the 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 less strong of the three. Um, but at least they broke the mold. But the, my basic premise was, of course, that um, they had so much to establish. Do they make... They've got two decisions, haven't they? They try and get the Doctor and the, the companion established as quick as possible so the story can become paramount, the writing can become paramount, the adventure become a paramount. Uh, you know, Then we get on the roller coaster and, the, and we're off on the ride. Uh, do they have a, a slower build-up? It seems to me that Stephen Moffat has gone, say, right... Episode one, not a very strong villain, but we have really got to say, you know, the 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 whole weight of the Doctor Who history is within this eleventh uh, incarnation's pause. You know, he steps through uh, that um, visualization of all the things. I am the Doctor. Matt Smith sold it for me in that first episode. Amy Pond was reasonably strong. And as some people said, the young Amelia, the actor, the young actress who played her, was a superb beginning. It was so well-crafted, that first one. You almost think, there's no way they're going to keep that standard up. And I thought it did dip with the second one. I mean, we're just giving our overall thoughts as we right. go around the room yeah. now. We'll perhaps pick them more in and out of individual episodes. So let me let... Um, um, Mike, uh, Logan, are you all right for time for a minute if we let Mike go next? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, Mike, Mike do you just want a, a general overall thought first, maybe? Yeah, I thought that uh, the 11th hour was an excellent start to not just Matt Smith's time as the Doctor, but just this new production staff, this new era of Doctor Who. It was everything that I, that I wanted in an episode, basically just a new start for a new Doctor. 
And going back to what you were saying about Series 3, and it's something that I've mentioned before, and going back to tying Series 3 into this season, is that we've got, basically, we, we the 11th hour introduces introduces the Doctor, and some set up for for Amy. The Beast Below sets Amy uh, Amy up as a as a companion, and then starting with Victory, the Daleks were into the into the the flow of the of the of the stories for the series. Going back to series three, I've noticed that the opening story for Martha lasted from Smith and Jones all the way through to. Episode six of the of that series with the Lazarus experiment, because the whole thing was that the Doctor took Martha for uh, one trip into the future as sort of a a favor for saving his life, and then they were sidetracked with with by the face of Bo, and then they went since they went one trip into the future, they went uh, one trip in the past. What they went one trip. Yeah, they went yeah, one trip to the past, right. one trip in the future, and then they went, yeah. ended up in Daleks in Manhattan in 1930. And then, in at the beginning of Lazarus' experiment, uh, the doctor gave Martha the TARDIS key and accepted her as a companion. Right. So yeah, we had moment, six really. episodes, uh, basically setting up Martha as a companion. See, yeah, in, in a way, not to sidetrack, but I think that was a big mistake. Yeah. I think that's why Martha's not that much... that as popular as a companion and why I don't think the development is there is because they waited until basically halfway through the series to make her basically official. The Doctor never yeah. really accepted her until halfway through the series. But yeah. that's by the by. <laughs> We're here to talk about the current one. Yeah. yeah. But, it it um, was almost as though if they didn't trust her, why should we sort of think? Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of like looking back at it now. I mean, it's easy to look back at it in hindsight and go, you know, <laughs> and, and that's 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 a good and valid point because I never really kind of latched onto her as a companion, and I think that's one of the reasons why. Now, something else that I'm noticing with this new series is that so much of the show is going retro. We've of course got the retro design of the exterior of the TARDIS, and. Yeah. Uh, uh, of course, we've got the spoiler warning. So we've got the retro design of the new Daleks, the new slash old Daleks. Uh, the the feel of the show itself is kind of more like the original series, and that's something that's concerning me. It's something that I brought up uh, on an episode this this past weekend is that the Davies era episodes really had an emotional strength to the writing and the production and the way everything was portrayed. There there was a real emotional strength there. There that doesn't seem to be there in either of these three, well somewhat in 11th hour but not in Beast Below definitely not in Victory of the Daleks there's no real emotional bond to any of the characters maybe not even the companion maybe the doctor but it's just not there and go on Ian I'd have to agree there is that it, it seems emotionally vacant yeah it seems like attempts are made I mean Really? I didn't care about anybody on Starship UK. I didn't care about yeah. the space whale, really. In Victory of the Daleks, is that crying woman, you know, the crying, yeah. crying, the crying wren. And the crying woman, yeah. The crying wren. Um, Darth and I did discuss this. I'm not sure if it was on the show or um, afterwards, but I'm looking back at that, I don't see why she was there unless she was there to emotionally engage us. If not, then what was the point? Yeah. It seems pointless to put something like that in there if there's you're supposed to do something with that and and nothing was happening and it fell yeah. flat. Yeah, yeah, I think it was just supposed to be like a background of sacrifice that was going on, but it it was so underplayed that basically yeah. uh, it, the point w- wasn't made. 
Right. Yeah, and, and I mean, it, this, those what? opportunities that just... And I don't know whether it's because we're so used to how the show has been made before. Again, this isn't saying that, you know, Stephen Moffat doesn't know what he's doing. It's just, it's different. You know, we've we've gotten used to a certain formula and, oh, oh this time they went into the future, the second episode, rather than the past. What's up with that? Because yeah. we're, there's just certain things we're used to. Sorry, Mike, go ahead. I keep interrupting you. Yeah, I'm you. about to say that, that it's because <laughs> Moffat, Moffat and Davies have different ways of telling stories. And the reason that it's gone is because Moffat is in charge of the show, but then Moffat's stories back in the Davies era had emo- were emotionally strong, so that doesn't really make much sense. Right. But uh, the next thing that I was going to mention was that the Davies era episodes had stories that worked and made sense by their own internal logic. Watch Beast Below, and even Victory the Daleks, especially Victory the Daleks, and that doesn't hold true at all. There is no internal logic holding this together. So... They make Davies era episodes made sense, even by their own rules. These are not so much the case, and that has me worried. See, to me, it's 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 more so Victory of the Daleks than Beast Below. Beast Below, then you can throw a few things in there, like the Doctor was too excited and didn't bother to do any official scans, and of course, you know, from the top down view, you can't see the space whale. There are certain things you can kind of put in there to ease the the niggles, as it were, of, of what's going on. But in Victory of the Daleks, I think those are just, it's just too much. Yeah, and something, to go along with that, something that has me worried is, I don't know if Moffat was joking in the confidential or not, but when he said that the whole idea of, of the name Dalek Eternal was, because it sounds cool, I'm not sure if I like oh, the idea that the show's runner, the showrunner is coming up with names that, and using them just because they sound cool, and they, and he doesn't have any larger plan for it. Because oh, we're talking I, about the Daleks, we're talking about a rank, and that sounds important. And right. I'm hoping there's a reason for Dalek Eternal, but right now it just sounds weird. Right. I I don't Ooh. think Stephen Moffat does anything by mistake. Um, right. I, think, I agree. I agree. Right. And, I mean, we'll probably get into it after we go finish going around the room, but I think there's a design element here that we're we're not seeing yet, and I think it's going to yeah. pay off later. We're not that far into the series, so we don't, no. we don't know the larger picture. No. And I think wow. there is one that, you know, we, we shall see. I just wanted to throw this in quickly because yeah. I wrote... I wrote oh, Stephen your, your turn, sir. Well, no, I, I just wrote Stephen Moffat, and I told him that Dalek Logan sounds pretty cool, too, and we're, we're going to see where that goes. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Not, none of this eternal stuff, Darlick Logan. God, I'm starting to sound like an American. I said Darlick. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> go on, Logan. A bit of an yes. overview, if you would. You're up to ah, that, okay. It's my turn. I'm still, I'm still wondering where I feel about this the first three episodes or so. I'll be honest, I haven't watched the uh, Russell T. Davies air and hearing so much about Stephen Moffat and how excellent shows he was, I thought, well, this is going to be God writing Doctor Who. And I don't know. I mean, I liked The 11th Hour. I thought that was a great episode. I especially liked watching uh, Amy running around in, with her legs showing. That's, that's been my highlight so far, every every episode so far. Show us the legs. And if she keeps doing that, I'll keep coming back to watching more. But The Beast Below, uh, like I mentioned on the regular Sunday shows, I felt that that fell flat somewhat. There was too many inconsistencies there, too many continuity errors in my opinion. I will say this, that at least 
the writing of that particular episode has awoken my co-host, George, who normally doesn't pay much attention to this stuff, and he was out there looking to see how he can find how these continuity errors in the beast, in the beast below can be fixed. <coughs> so, at least I can say that that particular episode's waking up my co-host somewhat. Yeah, you mean fixed or explained away? Or expi- explained away. Yeah. So, I mean, he was looking and he, like when the vomit scene with the whale, and I know spoilers, but it's a couple of weeks over. Uh, yeah. He was trying to explain where they where they vomited out, stuff like that. So, but the, the Daleks, and like I mentioned on Sunday, my main concern with that one is that the Daleks don't seem scary anymore. And I remember Mike had made a comment on his show last Saturday. One Dalek was scary back with in the episode Dalek in season one. Multiple Daleks now, it just it doesn't seem much of a threat. And I, I have to agree with that. I don't like the new design. They look too big, too bulky. I guess I'm just one of those people that I, I just don't like change. Right. As, I, as I said to Rob Sherman when I was speaking with him, <laughs> name dropper. Uh, no, I mean it's it's true. It's like that, that was when I think the Daleks are at their best. You know, one Dalek. Show you, yeah. show me what one Dalek can do to a whole place. And but now it's just like they didn't even do anything in Victory of the Daleks. They came there to give birth and then buggered off. They weren't yeah. even planning on destroying the Earth. Yeah, can I I just uh, interject there a yeah, second? Uh, um, sorry, uh, just to let you know that uh, joining us in the room is Uncle Lou, which I assume is Tardis Tara's friend, uh, Uncle Lou. So welcome to the show. It's Hello, not Uncle Mike. Lou. Where's your mic, sir? <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, now Dave, qu- you were also mentioning about the uh, the five stars for the, the pilot episode. And it seems that a lot of new shows actually have gone that way and had an excellent, excellent first episode, or in this case, first one of the new series, if you can call it that, and then fallen a little bit flat from there. I mean, I'm sitting there thinking, you're used to maybe some shows starting off slow and then picking up as they go on later on. But, like, I thought the first episode of Chuck, when it came out, that was fantastic. One of the best episodes of the first season of Battlestar Galactica was was 33, the first one they aired after the miniseries. So I'm thinking this is falling in that pattern there, and if it if it falls downward a little bit, it'll give them some time, hopefully starting this, this weekend, to start on the upward swing again. Yeah. I mean, just well, like everything, there's a roller coaster, you have your ups and downs. Yeah. Well, I think also there's a slight confusion that's set in with a lot of us uh, because of this complication of this uh, overarc that seems to be coming in, you know, the, the crack in space-time. Because because they're not explaining it fully, and certainly if they're going to do something like that, I wouldn't want them to explain it fully. But then you have people like us that, you know, are hunting around for every little clue. Are we seeing clues to a crack in space-time fabric and what's going to lead to what's happening? Are um, we seeing cracks being, think... in, in the writing and the development? The point is that we see something and we think, well, he's made a mistake there. Amy didn't do that and this did that. Ah, or will be explained. All will be explained. Because we as fans don't, don't wait for that. All will be explained. Oh, we're no. assuming it's a mistake or, or not. Right. I mean, uh, I'd heard that... Uh... And Dave, if you want to take time to answer Uncle Lou's questions there. Stephen Moffat had said that, and a fan brought up, what's the deal with Rory's badge in 11th Hour? I mean, they do do a nice zoom in on it. Uh, and it said it was issued in 1990. 
Now, throughout the 11th hour, no timestamp is actually given for that episode, which is unusual, because most of the episodes give you either a rough um, time zone for it, um, or they give you an exact date, depending on what the story is. You know, oh, well, we're a thousand years in your future, or, oh, it's, you know, 1862. Uh, so it is rather strange to for the Doctor to arrive somewhere and... Uh, Flit around like he does, because he goes through at least three different time zones during that episode. No reference is made at all as to what time zone it is, you know, what period is he arrived in. Well, is I it mean... Is it 1990? Is it 1985? Is it, you know, 2010? 2020? Well, let's not even mention that weird dream, that weird scene right, right at the end when the TARDIS is materializing again, and we saw a young Amelia looking up, right. and they sort of tied that sound in, and then they went where the Doctor met Amy two years right. later. You see, that, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, a lot of people have guessed that that's a dream, because she's actually asleep, but the next scene is she's actually, she wakes up in her bed. Right. And so a lot of people have assumed that it's, she's dreaming, She's dreaming of waiting for the doctor, and then she wakes up, and and he is actually there. Because, like, when your alarm clock goes off, sometimes you hear it in your dream. It's something completely different, but yes. Um, sorry, Logan, we keep kind of interrupting well, you. Well, <laughs> what, what I was just going to say is, I mean, in a way, they did place a time as being present, because just with the, uh, the abilities of, and I forgot the guy's name, Jeff, of his laptop. I right. mean, back in the 90s, we didn't have laptops, and we certainly didn't have laptops with built-in web cameras that could do a six screen. Right. Oh, and but. Rory's cell phone, too, his smartphone. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, so, I mean, we, we have to assume that it's like within the past few years, at least. Yeah, right. well, that was Apart one from... of the problems I had. I mean, it was uh, some Matthew and people on shows that told me, I mean, when 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 we first see the TARDIS, and as Darth pointed out, that was added. The whole idea was that the scene would start with the young Emily in a house, uh, and this seems added. And that, I think, has added confusion, where the TARDIS is sort of, you know, is the... Matt, uh, sorry, the 11th Doctor is hanging out of the TARDIS and it's flying over London. Now, we assume that he's just left Rose in 2005, having gone to... not Well, have, he had a little talk with her, but he just wanted to see her one more time before she actually meets him as the uh, 9th Doctor. And so we're assuming he's in 2005, but we then suddenly see the TARDIS jerk off to the left... The 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 Big Ben clock is showing quarter past nine at night. When he arrives in Emily's garden, we don't know whether he's hit another crack in time or another change. The time on her clock is eight thirty at night. That doesn't seem to me be so, to be a continuity error. They they would have noted that I would have thought. So we don't know whether he jumped the 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 Millennium Wheel, as it was called. Now the London Eye was over the uh, city, which confused me a little bit. That didn't go up. I think that was built before the year 2000. It was built for the, you know, the uh, cel Millennium Celebrations, hence the Millennium Wheel name. Um, we know then 12 years pass by, and then a further two years right at the last when, you know, he, leaves, he, he steals the clothes uh, and he comes back and she said, oh, you kept the clothes. And that was two years ago. So right. we know she was seven 
then there was 12 years old, so the main episode story happened when she was 19, but we don't know what calendar year it was. And then when she actually flies away off with him on the eve of her wedding, spoiler, eve of the wedding, she's 21, and we assume it's present day. But she has no recollection of planets being in the sky. Are the Daleks invading her? Right. And then there's Rory's badge, which says that it was issued in 1990. Now, a lot of people said, well, you know, that's just the issue date. It's like, well, if it's set in current day, how old was he when he started working at the hospital, for crying out loud? Yeah, he's about 30. <laughs> he looks he's about in the late cradle. 20s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, that that doesn't make sense. And apparently Stephen Moffat had said, well, he was in New York, that he wasn't aware of this. Uh, but I find that hard to believe because there is a the Doctor's Eye of You shot that they did, which I hate, uh, don't do it again, uh, <laughs> does a nice big close-up on it. And so I find that very hard to believe that they would be so lax with an item that basically ends up having a close-up on it. Also, we're talking about Stephen Moffat, who does time travel stories well. Mm. So if it, when we're coming to aspects dealing with time locations... Stephen Moffat should know that and should handle that well. As as he said in the beginning, when the doctor's talking to Amelia, wibbly wobbly timey wimey. I, I mean, I I am the thing I am hopeful of with this is that we're all missing. Well, those of us who are feeling the strain, as it were. Some people are very very happy with the way it's going, and that's great. Some of us are like, eh, I don't know. But I'm kind of reserving judgment because I'm assuming he's playing some kind of a game. The only thing that concerns me about this game is, I mean, yes, this, at some point there's going to be a payoff. The, the Daleks fleeing through time, the crack, the fact that Amelia doesn't remember anything about the Daleks, that there's a payoff coming and that Stephen's got this woven quite tightly and there's a reason for everything. That's what I'm hoping for. Uh, because, you know, at the beginning I was like, well, this is going to be great, because Stephen Moffat's in charge, and he's a Doctor Who fan, and, and Russell was a Doctor Who fan, so everything's going to be great. And now I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. Um, we'll see how the next two episodes play out, because that's where everybody says it's supposed to get really good and really scary, and it, it's fabulous. But then again, some people say the same thing about Victory of the Daleks. And please welcome to the floor, it's Uncle Lou. Uncle hello. Lou. Yeah, hello. Hi, <laughs> yeah, we can hear you. Right, you said you've got a few free minutes, so um, perhaps you want to go and talk straight a minute, straight away. I take it you've uh, seen the first three episodes. Oh, I have. Do you want oh, to give oh. us a potted... Go on in. Well, before he does that... For those of you who don't know Uncle Lou, he uh -oh. is the ringmaster in the podcast, which is the Happiness Patrol. Yes, I, I crack the whip. I crack the whip. Yes, not very well. Well, actually, <laughs> he scrubs well. things down with bleach most of the time, especially when certain collective hosts show up. <laughs> yes, anyway, sorry, sir, continue. I just wanted to give you a bit of a plug there. Oh, well, thank you, thank you. Um, I, I did see the uh, first three episodes, and I was very excited about it. Quite honestly, boy, I tell you what, um, he started off with a bang, and that was just amazing. 
the continuity stuff that you guys have been talking about and everything, golly, I, I really, I really haven't uh, um, um, really gotten into trying to get into the nitpicky sort of bit of it. You know what I mean? I've just been watching these and, and enjoying them as as Doctor Who uh, episodes, you know, and uh, and that's that's my main thing. But uh, but yeah, it is interesting because. Um, what you were saying about uh, the uh, the 1990 on the uh, on the badge of this uh, gentleman's uh, ID, I was really? like, yeah, I was like, I was kind of like, you know, that's sort of a uh, um, yeah. They they didn't really identify it, you know, exactly what time, you know, what what year or whatever, you know, they were they were uh, they were in when uh, the doctor meets Amy, but it's really interesting too because it doesn't really matter, you know what I mean? Because uh, it didn't really affect the show, uh, but um, in the future, yeah, it, it will. Like in these next few shows that are coming up, so that'll be uh, that'll be pretty interesting. And the other thing is, like, you know, this guy's just regenerated. Give him a break. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and oh no, Matt! Artist. Matt is fabulous. I think uh, Matt is the Doctor. Um, that's that's the one thing that's impressed me about the show so far is that that. The one, of course, the big niggle everybody has going into a new regeneration is, what's he going to be like? What's he going to be like? And he's right, the doctor, right, and, and right. it's it's fabulous. But everything else, I'm kind of like, I don't like the exterior of the TARDIS. I don't like the opening theme tune. I don't like the time tunnel. Who, who's saying this? Me. Oh, you. It doesn't really count. Well, it's not really a vortex anymore. It's a a tunnel. It's a big cloudy tunnel. Well, the one thing, the one thing you learn, uh, the one thing you learn, Ian, when uh, you do a podcast, is that everybody's got their opinion. That's for sure. Yes, Uh, and mine is important. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So is mine. Yes. Yeah. But uh, um, but but let me ask you this: Does it? Does it? Is it? Do you not like it that much that it draws away from uh, how amazing the uh, the, the premiere uh, of uh, of Matt Smith as the Doctor was? Because I, I mean, quite honestly, that was. And I, you know, we've all seen all the first Doctor episodes. You know, when the, when a, a regeneration episode, and usually they're kind of eh, you know not so much. Uh, robot, I liked because you know I'm I'm big into cheesy uh, large uh, giant robots, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you know quite honestly, there was nothing in that episode at all to take away from the fact that oh my God, this is a great Doctor Who episode. Period. And, I beg uh, to differ. And the excitement that you know that was there surrounding a brand new Doctor, I mean you know that's a big deal. I, I beg to differ on one mark, and and it's not a big one because I wasn't expecting it to be great. Uh-huh. Was uh, the the alien? Oh, the alien. The, the, well, the t- both aliens actually, uh-huh. the Atraxi and prisoner. Was it prisoner zero? zero? Yeah, prisoner, prisoner zero. Prisoner zero. <laughs> uh, those. <laughs> yeah, the I mean, they, they, were, they were they were fine, but they looked. I mean, the CG in there looked like CG. I'm sorry. I mean, it was a big floating eyeball, and well, it looked fake. Well, you know what? Again, because that, that whole floating eyeball thing, I think it would have mm-hmm. been a lot better if it had the vo- the voice of like uh, uh, Curly from uh, the Three Stooges. <laughs> where'd it go? Where'd it go? <laughs> but I mean, that's the thing. It's like it was a great episode, but and uh, as I said, I was kind of expecting the the main alien, the, the threat to be a bit pants. And I wasn't let down by that, because it really should be, because the Doctor should take forefront, and it shouldn't be 
the Doctor shouldn't face the Daleks or the Cybermen coming out of a regeneration. They should never face somebody that dire. Or the Master? Um, or the Master. <laughs> Davison handled them pretty good, so I'll wow. give him that. Uh. But the, the, that's the thing. It's like we've, we've grown to expect it. It's, it's usually somebody pretty lightweight. That, right. Right, right. Well, well and Anthony I mean, Ainley dressed up as a librarian is no real threat. Well, let me tell you, here's uh, when you mention <laughs> Amy, wasn't she? Ama- she was amazingly sexy in this first episode. Okay, don't agree. And then, and then, boom! Right in the next episode, she's thrown into like you know, cute of an alien's mouth. Mm. I don't actually <laughs> find her that. I don't actually find her that attractive. But two weeks their own. Well, I tell you. Yeah, well. well but that anyway, blows you I'm, out of the water straight up. Yeah, really. Yeah, nobody's going to take me seriously now because I don't think yeah. it's attractive. I mean, He's going to listen what? to his opinions. He doesn't like Amy. Just, just go back to uh, this. No, I didn't say I don't like her. I just don't find her attractive. Yeah, just, just to talk about the the timing of that first story. I mean, it, it, there are one or two hints. I mean, like, for instance, when um, the young lad is, uh, is talking to the doctor and uh, she says, well, why are you showing me the phone? And he has to explain to her, well, it takes photos too. So presumably, you know, um, uh, phones that just take pictures were just coming through. So uh, that, to me, puts it to about 2005, something like that. But um, we don't know how important it is. And that, I think, probably means that the complication of this um, uh, crack coming in would have been better if it had been, you know, down the line because they had so much... Uh, to establish in episodes one and two, I think they were almost overloading the boat a little bit with having that on. And and there has been, if there has been any criticism of David uh, of of, um, of the the writing, is the fact that um, you know our nose has been rubbed in this crack a couple of times. It hasn't just been something like a Saxon poster on the street, third lamppost yeah, on the right. It's like, it, it, I, I agree with you there, uh, Dave, because it's so funny, because it's like, at the end of the last two episodes, it's like, you know, and here's the crack shot. Uh, no <laughs> <laughs> well, Ian saw another crack shot with Amy before, but never mind, yeah. so that. Uh, but, I mean, it's right. It's like, uh, as I said, I don't know if it was during the commentary that we did or the show, but if they just locked off the camera and let the TARDIS dematerialize and the crack just been sitting behind there and you just as the TARDIS completely disappeared, you saw the crack and then they cut to the, the credits, it would have been fine. But no, they had to zoom in for a tight shot. Yeah, it's like, yeah. really? Yeah. They over-dramatized it a bit. Yeah, yeah it's like... <laughs> and, and, and in a way, I almost think it's like an insult to kids. Well, now we're going to... Now we're like, go, well... I don't know about an insult to kids, definitely to adults, but not to kids. Um, you know, because the kid will see it and go, "Ooh, the crack!" There's something no, my son was my son felt insulted by the Spitfires in space. He said, "Well, you really? got a very smart son. Your son is yeah. amazingly smart." And yeah, he poisoned his mind. Yeah, you know, I'll take a little time here to. Uh, to <laughs> what a, what See, cool he's poisoned his mind. He's, yeah. uh... Well, here, here, here's, here's the funny thing. My son's first comment when the new Daleks came out, he goes, Mark IV, travel device, my ass. <laughs> <laughs> that was strange, wasn't I... it? That was one of the things where he, the doctor said it's a type... Uh, on the on the victory of the Daleks, I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but he says I'm still running it in. I mean, I know that. I didn't understand that. Sure. People people try to explain it away by saying, well, because it's newly repaired, and I'm like, no, but it's still 
900 to 1,000 years old. You're not running it in. You're you're testing out the systems. You're whatever, but you're not running it in. That's what you do. Something new, and it's not new. It's old. <laughs> Starting to sound like um, Lewis Black. Well, I, you're not I running it in. It's new. It's not old. Well, I mean, it's old. The, new. Well, speaking Sorry. of the the new idolic, um, I actually kind of like them. You know, I mean, um, I like yeah, except it's just outmoded mo. Well, you know, it's funny too because, like, um, what we were what we were saying on uh, the Happiness Patrol this past week is that you know these Daleks are nice and colorful and shiny and HD, right? Yeah, they're very they, you know, bright colors like that. It makes you want to like go, oh wow, cool. This, this I like this, you know. But the fact that they're so big, you know, they're very they're taller and they're bigger and bulkier and really that voice will really just like make you go oh that's kind of that's kind of spooky you know and i mean they're mean looking they're they're badass is what they are and i think that you know we will see a lot more of their badassity that's a new way i like the height but yeah the design badassity yeah this is the thing that gets me though is people have been saying oh the new daleks they're Badass. It's like, what have they done that they other away. Daleks haven't done? Nothing. <laughs> they threatened to blow up the Earth, and then they took off. They're not badass. They haven't proved themselves yet. They're just oh, a bit taller, well, and they've they, got they a big will. butt. Oh, I think they will. Absolutely. They know it, Jeremy. Don't you when they see one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, but but again, it's like, um, okay, as soon as you scan the fact that the Jeremy Dodger was, I don't know, biscuit. Why not blow the guy away? No. We pontificate again. Just shoot him. That's a biscuit. Boom. And the other thing the other thing was like, you know, when they were shooting at the doctor as he was uh, going back to the TARDIS, you know, running back to the TARDIS, it was kind of like, what, you missed him? I mean, come on. There's, what was there, five of these? these five of them, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they couldn't oh, take well. out the doctor. And well, what was with those handrails going down the ramp? Oh, no, I don't hear you pick... <laughs> so why do you need hand? There were handrails going down the ramp to where the TARDIS was. What a Dalek! In the saucer. Need, yeah. What do you Daleks need handrails for? Yeah, for I crying out loud. I, 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 I guess they don't. But I, I have heard. I have heard uh, one little insider uh, bit about these new Daleks. Is that because um, I was saying, uh, wow, you know, they're bigger. I guess the operator inside has a lot more room, you know, it's more, a bit more comfortable than, like, you know, these cramped old Daleks, you know. But, uh, but uh, according to uh, Dale, our resident expert on such things, uh, <laughs> he said that actually they're so big and so bulky that uh, they, they have a hard time stopping them at, in the studio. So, you know, I thought that was quite right. Funny. Well, I thought that they did use, like, a wheelchair as the base, and that was the reason for it. But uh, I did notice that one of them nearly tips over in the actual uh, picture. The, 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 I think it's the white one. He turns sideways, and he sort of rocks on, because they, they look a little bit top-heavy in some yeah, ways. They might be. They might be. So... Um, I want to interrupt everybody for a moment because there's a thing that's niggled me and I want to turn over to uh, Mike on this one. It's not so much story, it's not so much um, changes that have been made, say the TARDIS exterior, which is awful. The interior, I don't mind at all. But there seems to be a problem with editing and, and some of the visuals. 
Yeah. Mike, would you take us for a bit of a ticky tour around the last three episodes? Yeah, this was... I don't remember anything in the eleventh hour, but in, yeah, in the, Beast Below, the, um, reaching for something out of his pocket. Oh yeah, there was that. Yeah, that was in the all three episodes so far. There have been no very noticeable instances where the the, the way shots have been edited to, together, close up shots and and distance shots, where actors are in different places or they have hands in different places, and they the way the shots are edited together, it just looks very. It it's it's very noticeable, even on a first watch through the episode. Like what they were mentioning there, towards on the on the rooftop scene of the hospital in the eleventh hour, when when the the Atraxi is flying away, and you can you can look on the roof and you can see the doctor reaching into his reaching into his coat pocket to for the TARDIS key, as if he's as if it's already become active, and then they go in for a close up, and the doctor suddenly realizes, oh, the TARDIS key is active, and he reaches into his coat. Right. So that happens twice, and in um, uh, the Beast Below, there were numerous shots where things just didn't match up, and and uh, the way things were when they came out from from the sewers from from the mouth and ended up in in Liz Tin's uh, room, they were or the Doctor and Amy were suddenly dry, and their hair was styled, their their clothes were crisp and clean, right. and they just they were just soaked a minute earlier. Right. Marvellous one dread on Starship uh, on <laughs> UK, you know. Yeah. Nothing but the best. And it's then 13 over years, on, 13, 1300 years in the future. Yeah. And then going over to uh, Victory of the Daleks, there's that scene toward, in, towards the end where Doctor and Amy are about to are basically telling the Bracewell that he he can go on his own on his on his own way. He doesn't have to worry about being uh, deactivated. You can watch as the shots go back and forth between Bracewell and the Doctor. Uh, the Doctor has his hands either in his pockets on on the front shots and on the back on the reverse shots. His hands are out, by his side out of his right. pockets, and it's just very quick and oddly juxtaposed edits. Right. Question for you though, playing mm-hmm. devil's advocate, do you think it's because it's a whole new crew and a whole new you know production crew that we're being really hypercritical on these things? I mean, I know for one that I you know kind of expected a lot because it was Stephen Moffat, and it was a whole new you know everybody had said oh it's going to be great under Moffat because you know he's done all this wonderful stuff and yeah. and he has he's he's got a great body of work. I mean, Jekyll is. Fabulous. I mean, if you haven't seen Jackal yet, you need to go and watch it like right now. Pause this and go find it. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I have have seen a little bit of Jackal, and I I really do. What I saw, I really liked. I mean, it is. Yeah. But But, the thing is, are we... Hypercritical, yes. If it disturbs you, though, I mean that's 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 a that's a yeah. valid point. If, it takes, right. if, it, if it genuinely, I mean, you know, if you if you say like, you know, I'm watching a conversation that changes perspectives, and one time the doctor has his uh, hands in his pockets, and the next he doesn't. I'm thinking, you know, if that disturbs you and takes away from the uh, happiness of watching Doctor Who, I mean, that's rough. That's that's rough, but uh, but right. you know, quite honestly, those little things they don't bug me at all. I mean, they're, right. they're, in fact, the only they they may make me chuckle because you know I'm thinking like you know being you know being in production for as long as I've been um, news production, mind you, uh, it's still you know continuity is an important thing because like when you're recording stuff, 
you know, shot after shot, and they are, and they are, they, you know, I mean, everybody's seen the uh, the uh, the confidentials, which I think is so amazingly wonderful that they that they are doing that now, you know, um, whenever they started. But you know, the new series. I mean, can you imagine if the old series had confidentials? I think that would have been fantastic. But oh, man. but but anyway, what 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 I'm trying to say is like these guys are are, are pumping these things out at a breakneck speed. And they're on a schedule, and they're on a budget, and you know, I mean, it's nothing to go in at like what, what, uh, five in the morning for makeup, and then like get out at like, Jesus, like you know, one, two, three in the morning, some some crap like that. You right. Know? So these yep. guys are like, you know, they're pumping it, and then like in post production, you know, they they're under a deadline just as, as <laughs> much as anybody else. So, right. so little things like that. Yeah, you know, they need to pay closer attention to, but is it taken away from my enjoyment of watching Matt Smith as the doctor? Hell no. No, and I would think another thing is, uh, Ian, as well, uh, the, quite a number of people have noticed, the, the apart from the first one, which obviously was a a, a longer 64-minute episode, these right. last two have been, they've been cut down to about 42 minutes or under 42 minutes. Now, th- there may be other reasons for that, but I mean, if we take a standard episode in previous series has been more like 45 minutes, I'm wondering whether the actual um, pressure of editing it down, in other words, they're still getting the same amount of footage in the can, as it were. And right, that but they're having to make more editing, cuts. Yeah, they're having to edit it down. Now, th- there's one or two, th- this, the, it swings and roundabouts again. The fact that they're doing the edits, all right, there may be just one or two um, sequences and continuity things, and the very minor ones, the split-second things in one says creeping in. But what they are hopefully avoiding is that when these get the airings in uh, other countries, um, uh, you know, a 45-minute episode doesn't get hacked to death because they need to get adverts in it where the BBC have no control over... I mean, I... I've said this before. When I used to watch a, um, a program called Highlander, another science fiction TV series. Right. And um, I, I, uh, there was one episode I'd watched, and, and I went on some podcast about it. Or some, uh, it, it wasn't the torture time. This was before then. But the whole point was somebody had written. He said, I can't believe it. I've just watched um, an episode of Highlander that's followed the week before. And the pre, because it was a two-part story, and the right. preview fight scene went on longer in the opening episode, you know, to recount the fight that they had than the right. fight actually did in the previous week because it had been chopped up to get an extra advert in. Right, exactly. And that's American TV for you. It's all about that's, uh, it's I mean, all that's about the, the commercial. That's all the wonder the of the BBC. Thing. I mean, I don't know uh, what you guys think of your your license. And I know some people think, what, you've got to pay a license for, for TV? But, you know, I'd rather have it that way. I mean, I've got to pay for cable as it is. Absolutely. Um, and the thing is, I still have to watch commercials for the amount that I pay a month to watch stuff on cable, to, to basically pay my cable bill. I shouldn't have to put up with all of this stuff. <laughs> that's, the, the, that's the luck of you guys with, with the BBC is you don't have to put up with commercials commercials because you pay for your TV. We pay for our TV and we still have to watch commercials. I was going to say NHK is the same way in Japan. It's uh, based on the BBC model right. and uh, and everybody has to pay a license fee when they buy a TV. And uh, uh, But you know what? It's totally worth it because, you know, they, they do such a good job and they're expected to, to do a good job because they're 
quote unquote government workers. You know, they're working for yeah. people, that sort of right. thing. But uh, well, um, oh, I'm well, sorry. Well, well, Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, let me just, yeah. The, the, I mean, it's a, it's less than, it's about £150 a year, so it's like £3 a week. But on top of that, don't forget, you get then the advantage of the, uh, what's called the BBCI player on the internet, which means that um, if you miss a show, you can watch it up for seven, seven or eight days later uh, directly on your computer. Now, I know that's region locked, and I know that. Uh, does upset people in other countries, but the whole point is that the that there are, you know, there's the BBC One, BBC Two, BBC Three, BBC Four, BBC News, BBC. There's about five or six shows. There's all the radio stations, so we do get a good deal out of it. Um, but I, I just wondered, just bringing us full circle back to the, these uh, small errors that have crept in. I just wonder whether that was the pressure of trying to chop down. I know when I do little edits for doing audio clips, the, the smaller, the shorter the clip you want to produce at the end, the actually the harder it is. If I, if, if I was for the Cult Collective to do a five-minute clip, that's easy peasy. You try doing a 45-second clip or a one-minute, it's so much harder. You're talking about cutting <laughs> half seconds out. Right. Alrighty, yeah. well, let's let's uh, quickly turn to the future because we are uh, rapidly running out of time. Dave has to get his beauty sleep, you know. The future, um, the future. Let's look to the future. Um, <laughs> what we're expecting coming up. Uh, again, there's going to be spoilers because we uh, we have seen uh, spoilers, of course, from the upcoming episodes. Uh, of course, uh, Mike, what's next episode? My name is Amy Pond. Time of the Angels. That's it, Time of the Angels. Uh, we've seen, of course, the uh, the trailer for that, and so just beware. We know what's coming, you don't. Uh, well, maybe you Should do. Should we say goodbye? <laughs> anyway, I'm halfway through a bottle of wine. Forgive me, please. No, you are. Yes. Well, oh, yes, you know, I forgot. I forgot yeah. what podcast I'm listening to. <laughs> the wine connoisseurs. Well, normally, no, normally <laughs> we're sober on a Sunday afternoon. Well, yeah. I am. I usually just skip to the last five minutes of the podcast so I can hear, you know, exactly how wasted you guys are. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> All righty. But uh, from what Dave tells me, and I'm sure he'll tell everybody here, is that this is supposed to be, like, scariest Doctor Who ever coming up and not to be mean or anything but it better bloody be um I mean, return I've, of enemies from from what I think is the scariest episode of the new series so far right and that bothers me is that there's again there's expectations I mean looking back at last week's episode uh Mark Gattis Stephen Moffat Daleks it should have been fabulous. And to me, it was not. Um, Daleks came so they could give birth, and then they wanted to bugger off. The doctor says, no, you can't. So he, so they say, well, then we'll blow up this android. Uh, that was the story in a nutshell. And uh, that's not good enough. Oh, Ian. Ian. <laughs> I don't think anything's going to be good enough for you then. I thought, no, 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 I no, no, thought, no, 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 no. There were so many, there were so many plot holes and problems with that episode. It's just ridiculous. You tell me how long it takes to retrofit about 
six Spitfires that aren't anywhere near the bunker that the main scientist who came up with the idea is located. You tell me how they can get up into space in 10 minutes and how these pilots can actually fly them without going insane because nobody's ever been in space at that point. Right. Uh, can I just interrupt you there? Ian, you sound like the sort of guy that, that is, is still worried that uh, the professor invented all sorts of things on Gilligan's Island, you know? You sound like that kind of guy. Well, I mean, well, just give it a, you know, it's part of the story, dude. Just let it go. But, but here's the thing. If you look, listen back to, to, to our body of work, um, the comment I'm well known for, my catchphrase is, it's huh? Doctor Who, it's on TV, what's not to like? Yeah, you got that right. But this so. one bugged me. This just bugged the heck out of me. Anyway, we're supposed to be talking about the future, not the past. Yeah, See what you're I doing to me, Lou? Saying, See what you're doing? Uh, let, me, uh, let me just play the trailer that was played at the end of um, um, Victory of the Daleks. So, uh, Go on, lad. For Go the on. upcoming episode. Go on, lad. River? Follow that ship. What do you know of the Weeping Angels? But it's just a statue. Until you turn your back. A stone angel amongst stone statues. Perfect hiding place. We're all in terrible danger. Keep looking, it can't move if you're looking. Don't blink, Amy, don't even blink. The time will be upon us. The time of angels. music on at the end because uh, I'm getting to like the music a little bit more but uh, yeah. the reason I'm excited is uh, apart from the fact of Riversong coming back it's the, it will be the first two-parter of the new series so that again is another uh, oh, big milestone oh I didn't realise that so a two-parter uh, the first two-parter that'll be great yeah there's, a, there's another problem I have Oh, jeez. Oh, no, no, no. That, 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 you don't have to with, don't you now? Yeah, the main complaint that people had when Russell was in charge was, he's writing too much. He needs to just stick to, 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 to running the show. How many episodes is Stephen Moffat writing in this season? Uh, six, isn't it, Mike? Yeah, I'm looking through the list right now of episodes yeah, of that he's written. Yeah. Yeah, and how many did Russell write in the season? Sometimes four or five, maybe, but uh, five of the the outside. Yeah. But some people say he edited about nine of them. <laughs> right. I'll, I'll rewrote. How, okay, but how many is Stephen rewriting and and editing? Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. Uh, some some would say that he's taking on too much, but we don't know, of course, how much time he's had to prepare this season. Um. But then again, I'd say obviously not enough. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to get to. Well, just I don't just know what I'm trying to get to. I'd say Darth, but Darth tends to like things that I don't, and vice versa. So you, you know what you're you're doing? You're becoming you're becoming the uh, the Doctor Who curmudgeon. 
It's like I never I'm watching. <laughs> I like that. It's about time. It's about time. That or not. Yeah, I've regenerated. Maybe, but maybe I'm a little too positive because, after all, I do I do run the happiness patrol. I am the sixth <laughs> doctor, whether you hey. like it or not. <laughs> yeah. Going back but to the very beginning, before you came on, Luke, I think he's on the sherbet, Ian. Yeah, I'm on the sherbet. I'm on the sherbet. <laughs> On the show, but. <laughs> it's not a naughty thing. It's it's just a joke we had at the beginning. Yeah, just to let you know, the 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 two parter. It's the Time of Angels part one, and the second episode is called Flesh and Stone. Ooh, yep. That'll be that'll be good. You know, it, it's pretty scary. The the uh, the the Wicked Angel was scary in Blink for for sure. Uh, but you know, in classic Moffat form, it 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 it, it, it really grabbed your uh, your. Um, Interferes about that that sort of thing, you know, and and like somebody was saying, who was it that was saying that uh, Moffat is a genius at uh, um, um, visualizing what children fear the most, you know, when you're. I little. think that was Stephen Moffat that said that. Maybe that one. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. I've been I've been overexposed to a lot of information lately. No, I uh, think it was Matt, Matt. I think it was Matt Smith that said it. I think. Hang on, yeah. hang on, hang on, hang on a second. Uh huh. Mike, would you stop interrupting all the time? I mean, it's just <laughs> jabber, 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 jabber. Oh, we have here. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> Mike, just be quiet for a change, would you? <laughs> See, it's the only reason why we brought him on as, as, as co-co-host. It's <laughs> it's because it's, it's so easy for Dave and I to just ride right over the top of him. Speak, sir. <laughs> is, Mike, is Mike the Leela of your show? Yes, he is. Oh, okay. <laughs> we love you, Leela, if you're listening. They both have blonde hair, too. Oh, okay. I did not know. Yeah. So anyway, these weeping angels. I, um, <laughs> the thing that was so uh, spooky about them is that, you know, you see angels and stone statues like that all the time in any major city, any, you know, cemetery, that sort of stuff, you know. You see them. You see them all the time. Um, but it was weird because when you think about what those angels did when they got you and blink, what did they do? They sent you back in time. Right. You know what I mean? So, you know, what's too terribly scary about that? I mean, they didn't really kill you. I mean, they never really said that, that you know, oh if, it, oh, if it gets you, it'll kill you. But uh, um, they, they, they just think that. They still, time. yeah. So, yeah. you know, the doctor's got a TARDIS. He can go find you, whatever. Right. <laughs> what, what, I'm, what I'm thinking is, is, I mean, it could be wrong, but, uh, I mean, I don't know the, what the setup is, like how they end up there, but it's the crash of the... Mike, help me out. We've got some... I, I don't know it's Mike. We've got some background noise from somewhere. You just talked right over the top of Mike. Sorry. <laughs> he was helping I've me got, out. I've got background yeah. noise in my ears. I, from what I understand, well, of course, the name of the ship is the Byzantium, and I think they're transporting one. They, they, they've captured one of the Weeping Angels, I think, is the setup, but I'm not sure. Right. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, is that it's it's one among, and wherever yeah, they landed this, there's, there's all these stone statues. Yeah. And you know that 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 reinforces what made them so creepy is that it's it, it, it's the same thing with Vesta Narada is that they're not in 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 all shadows but they're in any shadow and this, it's the same thing here the, the Weeping Angels aren't all statues but any statue the Boogeyman Factor yeah I like yeah. that you can patent that if you want the Boogeyman Factor. <laughs> 
Now, we will be coming to a close uh, shortly, but we've got guest eight coming on, and it's Romana, right. we hope, and she's uh, Romana, hopefully, hopefully, yeah, hopefully trying to get in on the uh, thing. She's uh, obviously uh, gone to the loo and decided she can talk with Uncle Lou. <laughs> well, you know, I, I had, I, was that her? Yes, Romana, too, come on in. Why the fine. <laughs> Why? Oh, sorry, I'll have to do it without the... Because I haven't got the sound effect. Unless no, I haven't got it. I'm, no, I'm sorry, no. If I'm trying to think of something her. appropriate for it. <laughs> I did unmute her. It's gone back again. Why from Essex. It's Romana 2. Hello, boys. Hello. Oh, wait, I can actually play this clip for her. In the morning. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> we were bored. Good morning, madam. Hi. This, Sorry, I was this... getting weird overlap of sound going on there, like things were being repeated. It was uh, But hi. Like my... <laughs> it's probably your chat, chat client. So yeah. Yes, oh. yes. See, it, it, it brings uh, uh, a warmth to my heart knowing that it's the morning there and you're probably in your PJs. <laughs> I am. I am actually wearing my Dr. Who Carter shirt. I was, just, I was just reading some fanfic and just ready to go to bed and decided to check Twitter briefly. And then I thought, oh, we're going to show. I'll see if it's still on. <laughs> see, so, not, yeah. only, not only is she in her night attire, but it's also Doctor Who night attire. Easy, easy. Easy. No. Related fact fiction. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just to let you know what we were from the emo that is the volcano. Just to let you know what we were talking about. (laughs) Well, I wanted wanted to. uh, I wanted to say now that Romana's on. I mean, she's legendary on this on this show. Uh, And uh, she's hot. It was. It was so. It was so great to to actually get to meet her. Uh, in L.A. this past February at, at Gallifrey. Oh, 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 who, who are you again? It's, it's Uncle Lou. Lou. Tara, Tara, Tara. Hello. Hello, how you are you? You made me tea. And I, you made me tea, and I was like, yay, tea. I made you tea? See, I don't even yeah. know. I can't even remember. There was so much fun going on at Galley, I don't even remember making young ladies tea. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Are you sure that's all I did? I hope so. <laughs> Hands <laughs> <laughs> off my Romana well, too. Well, well, James failed at the bar, so a cup of tea was probably yes. needed. I don't know if you heard, <laughs> did you hear that one, Romana, where we chastised uh, James for not making yes, not giving you a drink in time? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> you were like, where, is it? where are they getting all this information from? He was kind of floating about going, oh, you need a drink, because bless him, he was pissed. And it was just like, if you just... Just go now and get them. You'll make it in time. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we just, digress. Just tell her what we've been talking about quickly. And crash the show. Eh? Uh, um, <laughs> my my hatred for the series so far. No, yeah. no, oh. it's not that bad. Honest, honestly, it's oh. not that bad. I... The the title, uh, Mana, is uh, three de- Doctor Who three down, ten to go. We were just trying to sort of sum up how we thought Doctor Who was faring after seeing the first three episodes, and we just got to the speculation of next week. But if you want to just sum up very briefly, if you could, you know your thoughts oh. over the first three. That's General great, thoughts. Sorry. I love eleven so so much. <laughs> 
Um, you love me so, so much. Oh. I love 11. Oh, fine. 11. <laughs> oh, but you're pretty nifty, too. Um, but, um, yeah, no, um, I love 11. Um, I love how the series is going, although there are little bits and pieces. It's like a bit, eh, really? But um, other than that, it's 11 is awesome. Um, he, he, he I is great, isn't he? Well, I, this is coming from the massive David Tennant fan girl, and I'm not <laughs> missing him as the doctor. I was completely David, David who, yeah. Yeah, I almost like that. I never thought I would be. Some of you know, my I've, friends I've, I've, heard that, I've heard that a lot. Yeah, it's like, what am I doing? It's like, you know. <laughs> but 11 is, and that is amazing. And I just love that I've been to his hometown. And I went to Northampton two weeks ago. And, and I was just walking around going, yay, Marty boy, and stuff, and blah. And it's nearly four in the morning, and I don't know what I'm talking about. I just re- I spent the last two hours reading fan fiction. <laughs> so we know you like Matt Smith, uh, <laughs> and are you, you're a fan of Amy Pond, aren't you? I do. I have such a... Amy Pond and Karen Gillan, I must admit. Um, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. She, <laughs> she, um, um, uh, Karen Gillan is a tall drink of water, as we say here in the States. She is <laughs> quite tall. tall. I was so amazed. Tall, I have to read the style, That's when you know you're important. <laughs> yeah, I saw a marvellous picture online of her in, it was in some magenta type of dress. I think it was in New York, walking down the street. And mm. she looked very elegant yeah. in that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She, she's just, she's a natural beauty. She really is. <laughs> have you also seen the pictures of her, have you seen the pictures of her being smashed? Where she's, uh, you know, I am so upset with the mail putting that out. I just think that's just total irresponsible <laughs> journalism. I mean, regardless of the fact that, you know, I, I, I like Amy Pond a lot, I just don't think they need to be putting, you know, crap, tabloid crap out like that. But it's to be expected because, you know, it's a big hit. And, you know, Sells now, papers. So. Am I missing something? <laughs> What's this? Yeah, uh, I, oh, I don't know where the reference is. Uh, the, tell Dave. Yeah, I don't know where the Steve reference Dave. is, but there's a, a couple of pictures that they put up of uh, Amy Pond at a nightclub, uh, and she's looking quite the the worse for wear, holding a drink. I don't, and this was before she got the part. So um, uh-huh. some so-called friend, unquote friend, uh, thought they'd make a few books selling the pictures of the paper, I think. Mm. She was a bit bleary-eyed. I mean, uh, no worse than any girl under 25 might look on a Saturday night in Leeds or Manchester or Sheffield or any other part of the UK, for that matter. Not yourself, of course. I I exclude yourself from that. (laughs) Oh, it's just, as I said, I'm, you know, starting to fall a bit sleepy. I was reading fan fiction to start getting myself to bed, and then all of a sudden, oh... (laughs) I was starting my nighttime ritual and um anyway. right, well before yeah. Ian drifts off again in that uh, I think we ought to perhaps just uh, I know you've joined us and uh, we, we've been going about nearly an hour and a half and it was intended just to be a, a one hour uh, sub, you know submission so yeah, do we want to just go around the room Ian and, um, and round it up
I, I, I'm not going to say, well, everybody else can say something. I'm not going to say anything because I have dominated this conversation from beginning to end. And so, I'm, actually, I will say something. Yeah, go rock. Might pick a bit of a lifetime. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Me? Talk? No, not at all. Um, I'm hoping for wonderful things. I'm hoping for every doubt that I have in my head to be dashed in the next uh, two or three episodes. So, come on, Moffat. Bring it on! So, Mike. Yeah, one thing I've just been trying to figure out looking through the episodes for the rest of the series that we don't have episode titles for is which episode are the Cybermen in? Because we've seen that in the... Since we were including spoilers, we've seen that in the trailers for this series. And uh, we've got what looks to be a two-parter with uh, episodes eight and nine, I think, is... No, episode eight might be a standalone. If you give me two seconds, I can grab grab one my radio time. Because I know that episode nine is the Silorian episode. Episode ten is. I don't think episode ten is the Cyberman episode. Then episode eleven doesn't really. The, the description doesn't really sound like it, but it that leaves just the finale. So, hmm, I don't know. But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where the rest of the series goes. I. Uh, next, uh, this coming Saturday, the, this two part of the, that we're going into—that's what I've been. That's what I've really been looking forward to. This this first half of the series is the Weeping Angels, re, re, the Weeping Angels returning, River Song returning. Uh, Alex Kingston is brilliant as River Song. I can't wait to see her return. So yeah, will she die? No, I don't think she will. Mm, not so sure. That pretty much sums it up from for me, my quick thoughts. <laughs> anyway. What? And Sorry? Oh, well, how can she die? She's already dead. <laughs> there, there's one of the pictures. There's one of the pictures for Amana. Wibbly wobbly tiny whiny. Yes. <laughs> I'm not in the chat, by the way, because I was getting oh. um, weird stuff happening. I was I was hearing there was like a time delay and I was hearing sounds going over and over again and I couldn't work out what anyone was saying. So two streams playing at once. Yeah, two streams playing at once. You have to close. Don't cross the streams. Yeah, don't cross. Don't cross the streams. Ghostbusters. Close the for me. There we go. Okay. Uh, what about Uncle Lou? Do you want to uh, give a quick what your hopes are? Well. um... Let me tell you this, if uh, the next episodes are even half as good as, like, the the premiere, I, I, I can't wait. You know, I'm excited. I'm excited already. I'm, I'm very excited. I mean, I didn't realize that this next one was going to be a two-parter, so um, that, yeah, that'll be great. That'll be hard to wait a week, you know, to uh, for the next one, of course. But... Um, but uh, but yeah, I think the pacing and and victory of the Daleks was great. Uh, it was edited well, and the pacing was well, and uh, and and I liked that. It was it was fast when it needed to be fast, and uh, it reflected when it needed to. And you know, um, unlike you know the Beast Below, that was a little slow. But uh, but still, you know, like I said, golly, you're gonna get you're gonna get a few uh, in a season that are gonna be not quite as good as you know your favorites. And I really think the best is yet to come, quite honestly, because because um, you know Moffat's gonna be great, and this whole you know crack in space and time sort of thing uh, story arc is going to uh, you know. Uh, um, 
come to a close here near the end of the season probably and uh and i can't wait i can't wait to see that i mean i've got my theories i I, i'm you know everybody uh has their own theories about it but still i'm just i'm excited i'm really excited i love matt smith as the doctor uh i think Stephen moffat has done a great job so far and uh uh karen uh you know She's just she's eye she's complete eye candy. I love watching her on the screen, and she's smart and feisty too. So, man, I, I, I'm 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 already I'm already over the moon. I love it, love it. I can't wait oh, for the next. Brilliant. Two things, if I may, before we we, we carry on. Uh, first of all, when you next talk to Tyler's Tara, uh, pass on our congratulations for the fact that uh, uh, Matt Smith was uh, photographed and seen wearing one of her uh, scarves. Wasn't that great? Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And would you like to just give out where people can find the happiness control? Oh, God, I better better get back in front of my computer. Uh, We're on Blogspot. I believe the uh, address is, uh, this is really the legalist thing. It's not my thing. (laughs) But um, the Blogspot is, uh, I think it's uh, the Happiness Patrol Blogspot uh, dot com. And uh, we're also on Twitter. Uh, just search search for us. You can find us. And uh, and every week we uh, try to bring a new uh, a new episode. And uh, we've got some uh, we've got some big things coming up uh, um, here soon in, in the near future. Uh, Comic Con. I believe we're going to have a uh, one of our correspondents in L.A. Uh, cover uh, um, Comic Con for us. And uh, and I want to point out, you know, and and big kudos. Kudos. I'm sorry. Cooties. 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 To Andre T., our New York correspondent, who who actually um, stood in line uh, at the uh, at the uh, Village East um, uh, affair in New York City uh, with Matt Smith, Stephen Moffat, and Karen Gillan. Uh, and actually, when he got in there, he was actually able to ask. Uh, a question and uh, and got it out there and got a little plug for the happiness control in there and literally literally uh, Dave and Ian he was sitting I don't know if you saw the video or not yes. but he was he was sitting like three feet away from Matt Smith so uh, Matt so, Matt even re- reached down with the mic so he could ask yes, a question exactly <laughs> so uh, we we it, just just so you know you could pass this on to him we hate him. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it's, it's really funny because you know we're trying, we're trying. I'm trying to uh, to uh, get you know whenever there's some sort of Doctor Who news or something, you know, I'm trying to get it out there. I may not be the first because let's face it, uh, nobody can stay up forever, you know, and not sleep other than Louis Trapani. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but we're, we're doing our best. To, <laughs> we're doing our best to bring the uh, you know our little world of uh, our little part of the Doctor Who world to uh, to to everybody. So, yeah, so go check it out. Also, you can find The Happiness Patrol on iTunes. And you, of course, can subscribe there. So do that. Happiness Patrol. Yes. Uh, And I think it's also one of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance uh, featured podcasts. But I think we ought to just say, because our podcast is for general listeners, uh, you do have an explicit tag on yours, don't you? So is it for over 16s? 
Well, you know, it is. I mean, you got to use your own basic uh, good judgment. I mean, we don't try to be explicit unless Ian's on. Uh, yeah. They didn't want to try it all. <laughs> but it, it's sort of like, uh, you know, uh, um, adult conversations. We will let the, the F-bomb uh, uh, fly every now and then. But uh, but not, not, we don't go out of our way to try to be explicit. We just figured we better put that on there. So we can say whatever the heck we want. So, when I came on the show, I went out of my way to be explicit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think you don't mean the F bomb. You mean the Oblivion Continuum. Oblivion. <laughs> <laughs> well put. <laughs> Very well put. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I think that. on that note. <laughs> well, uh, uh, anybody else want to mic? I can't remember oh, who's who's had their. Oh. Final thoughts, what are you looking for? Looking for, I'm not really looking forward to anything. I'm just looking forward to just watching more of what's been on so far. I've honestly enjoyed everything so far. She wants to see Um, Matt without his shirt on again. I've already seen that. No, I said again. You want to see it again, is what I said. Uh, Again, might you know, but... mm, (laughs) (laughs) To answer on um, some of Mike's um, musings from uh, while back in the conversation, um, I was looking through my radio times and looking through the trailer again to see what episode um, Amy is fighting the Cyberman in. And just from my geeky costume knowledge, because I noticed the costume she's wearing is the same costume she's wearing in the Stonehenge episode. So I'm guessing Cybermen are in episode 12 and 13. The finale, okay. Based on the costume she's wearing. And based on, based on, um, the things I've seen, like from the, from the trailer, like them going to like a, um, museum thing, which is, I remember from the filming, they said they were filming the finale at Stonehenge and at this day, so that's my guess. Mm, Let's see if I'm right. That's, <laughs> that's pretty that's much what it narrows it down to, logically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, my, my, that's what you get to when you're a cosplayer and you notice these things, and I know what costume she's wearing in each of these episodes before they even scream. <laughs> so, um, so I can just, just guess by that that it's episode 12 and 13. But anyway, other than that, um, I've just Cornered myself as a really geeky um, cosplayer, but anyway, um, I don't think you knew that already. <laughs> we knew that. <laughs> yes, well, and my friends are playing you. That's right. <laughs> but anyway, oh, I'm so glad I have my own room. Um, for the, moment. Um, the volcano is good for one thing and one thing only. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, kind of thoughts. Um, I'm just looking for more of the same. I honestly have been happy with mostly everything. Um, just more of 11. Um, I really want to know what the heck is going on with this cracking time about if, if this, if it's, if Moffat's taken my idea of a parallel universe from the end of Journey's End, I'll be hilarious if I'm, if he's taken my, my fan theory that I created just because I wasn't happy with the way torture turned out. I would be hysterical <laughs> if that ends up being canon. Um, but um, cause it's kind of looking like it might be because, you know, we've forgotten what happened at the end of Journey's End. So Go back you know. go back and watch Children of Earth Seasons of Crack. Oh, as long as it's not a reset, <laughs> I, I don't... I, I don't... Very much. <laughs> it's, the, it's, the crack, it's the crack of Rathalon. 
There was the crack of John Barrowman. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> right, no, we're going to end here now, Ian. But uh, yes. I just hope they don't do the reset button. Mike, did you want to add anything else before we wrap up? Oh, he said enough as it is. Who <laughs> doesn't talk on these things? <laughs> yeah, well... Um, I pretty much said all that I want to. <laughs> okay. Well, I, th- I think we've <laughs> had a, a really good start. I thought it was after a flying start. I think we're in pretty good shape. Um, I, I, I think I these inconsist. <laughs> I think some of these inconsistencies that we're sort of playing about with as fans, really, we should sit back and, and let the ride take its course. They'll be explained. Exactly. Uh, um, I don't think uh, Moffat's going to let these continuity... Uh, things be errors they're, they're there for a reason so um, I'm really looking forward to it and it's it will be great to have a two-parter because that adds another dynamic we have the cliffhanger thing and um, I, I just uh, the only criticism I have I don't like this shortening down to 42 minutes but I can see that it might be one way of getting around this sort of slightly reduced budget I mean if you're going to chop like um 10% of the runtime off each one, then that equates maybe to a 10% drop in budget without loss of quality. So, uh, with that, I'll hand back to Ian and uh, I think we should wrap up. Yeah, at the beginning of that, I thought you were talking about our show. <laughs> <laughs> our budget's being cut 10%. I'm drinking cheaper wine. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I've only drank half a bottle. Let's see what kind of a state I'm in. Anyway, that about wraps it up for us. Uh, join us, of course, on Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time on Talk Show ID 54821. We will, of course, be discussing the most recent episode of Doctor Who. The reason why I say that is because if you listen to this next week, then it won't be the same episode that we're... Anyway. <laughs> so, nothing more remains than to go around this room and say goodbye. So it's goodbye from Romana 2. Goodbye, boys. I will see you in two weeks because sadly, I sadly and not sadly, I'm not going to be on the show on Sunday due to being at the convention. And hopefully, Yanto will be there. No, he Fingers won't. Crossed. He won't. Definitely he won't. won't. It's been confirmed. Oh. He's cancelled. That's where the universe just does not want us to meet. It's freaking a volcano blows up to stop us from meeting. Honestly, volcano day. <laughs> If one class is stepping in and he'll be there and it's going to be okay. I'll still have my friends, but it's just not going to be the same. Anyway, see you anyway. Bye, boys. <laughs> Bye. And it's goodbye from Uncle Lou. <laughs> Coming to you live from the Tiki Room in beautiful <laughs> Orlando, Florida. <laughs> it's the Happiness Patrol. <laughs> Catch you on iTunes. Well, thank you so much, guys, for letting me uh, uh, crash the party. Uh, um, Not a problem, sir. You're welcome uh, anytime. It's really, it's really nice. It's my first talk show experience, actually, that actually worked out. Uh, I know a couple of my uh, other uh, cohorts have, have tried, but uh, apparently uh, in Utah, the connection is bad for some reason. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, anyway, thanks for having me on. It's been, a, it's been a great, it's been a great pleasure. I enjoyed. Uh, well, who doesn't love talking about Doctor Who, right? Exactly. And you're welcome oh, anytime, sir. <laughs> oh, well, nice. Come on again. Yes, oh, cool. come again. Definitely. Well, you guys Please come again. I'll make, you, I'll make you virtual tea to make up for the tea you made me. Oh, <laughs> there you go. That'll be great. That'll be great. Yeah. Thank it, you so much. It'll only cost you one plug on your show for the Cockdom Collective. Yes, there you go. Oh, oh. absolutely. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, um, and the other thing about the Happiness Patrol is the only podcast in the world that Dave hasn't guest hosted on yet. Uh, oh. And I have. <laughs> and I'll pay good money for it to stay that way. Anyway, moving up, moving up or down the list, depending on you know, your orientation at this point in the evening, it's goodbye from Mr. Randall Thor. And I almost understood that, which means I'm way too drunk by half. Alrighty then, so that's the rabble taken care of. So all that remains is to say it's good night from me. And it's good night from him. Night everybody. <laughs> Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.